Let's talk some more earnings. George Tillis has a few overlooked companies this afternoon to keep in mind, especially Anaplan. George, this is going to get a lot of attention tomorrow uh, as CrowdStrike is down. This software company in a different realm. This is literally about planning and uh, uh, business continuity, et cetera, is uh, up big in the aftermarket. What do you think is driving the action? Yeah, there's still some of these growth stocks, OJ, that are making some reversals. Zoom is a different story, which uh, I can explain why compared to a company like Anaplan, which is basically a, a business performance management solution software company that's in the cloud. Uh, it basically uh, deals with uh, uh, platform as a service, which means it's open-ended, open source, which again, companies like because of flexibility. It's for focused on uh, planning for finance, sales, supply chain, HR, and marketing, everything that has to do with improving the efficiencies, logistics and operations, and of course, accounting for businesses. So it's one of these uh, these names that we've talked about in the past, and uh, it, it actually showed some uh, some promising price action before the report. It's not always the case that it's gonna move prior to the report uh, or after the report, but looking at some of the figures that were reported by the company, they actually came in ahead of both uh, EPS numbers, which uh, again, were expected loss of about 14 cents. They came in around nine cents. So that's an improvement, it's still losing money, but it's moving in the right direction. And sales actually came in quite a bit ahead of expectations by about 10 million at 144 versus 134. Now, the sales growth number on a year over year comparison is about 35%. Last quarter it was about 24% year over year. So we're actually seeing Q over Q growth, but also year over year growth. Uh, problems with companies like Zoom right now are, They've got 50 plus percent growth, but that is insufficient relative to where they were, let's say last quarter of the quarter before. So that's why we're seeing some opposite movement in companies which are demonstrating in this case, Anaplan growing year over year comparisons versus Zoom, which is not. Uh, and the other thing is, is looking at uh, Q3 billings growth, uh, Anaplan is actually seeing about 180 million. So if you compare that to 144 million for the quarter, that's a pretty significant increase for next quarter's expectations. And I think that alone uh, in and of itself is uh, is demonstrating some uh, some uh, pretty promising expectations and uh, and rewards for investors. And that's why we're, we're seeing the stock to the upside quite a bit in the after hours. Okay, and uh, George, what role do you think just being an underperforming software stock plays at this point? I mean, I, I, you know, a part of me thinks that the market here is hunting for underperformers in an outperforming yeah. sector as the cloud group just made a collective new high. But then again, it's not that simple, right? Because Zoom is downtrending and it still got blasted down 16% today. Yeah. So the market is getting pretty uh, discerning here uh, across the group. It is. So I'll tell you what I really think, OJ. Uh, Please do. We talked about uh, a company called Bill, Bill.com. Yes. B-I-L-L. Uh, uh, this was with I believe, Tom White on Friday. And one of the things I brought up with Tom is, is that uh, the markets latch on to narratives. And I think the narrative right now for growth stocks is the rule of 40. The rule of 40 is essentially taking the summation of the top line sales growth for a year over year basis and either adding or subtracting profitability growth. And, uh, and what we're seeing is, is that if that sum of top line sales growth uh, taking out, again, if they're losing money, in this case, Anaplan is uh, uh, net income growth, if that is over 40%, they're buying. And, and I think that's the case here because we're seeing, again, an improvement in this particular instance for Anaplan uh, when it comes down to its top line sales growth and also improving uh, its situational uh, uh, position 
and its losses. And the companies that are growth companies right now that are demonstrating the summation of top line sales growth, plus or minus uh, profitability growth over 40%, those seem to be more in favor right now. Mm. So I'm not saying that's going to be the case for all growth companies. Uh, right. It's sort of a, a rule that is typical used by venture capitalist firms that are trying to, to, to value unprofitable growth companies. Mm. Okay. I just think that that is uh, a rule that is being utilized by investors right now. And then Bill.com is an example of that. And so is Upstart, which we know uh, and we talked about is, is done extremely well since its earnings report last uh, reported, I think, a couple weeks back. All right. Uh, cool, George. Like it. Um... Uh, nice little uh, trick to keep in mind, a rule of 40, okay. Uh, George, let's talk some retail this afternoon. We got two companies out. Uh, PVH is the first one. It was down today, but it's reversing all that and more. A nice little rip here for bulls yeah. uh, that have been uh, waiting for PVH to uh, really break towards the high end of the range. It hasn't really gone anywhere for uh, two or three earnings seasons now. Even this jump to 111 bucks is well within uh, trading ranges we've been in. Uh, how come this company hasn't seen the same type of, uh, you know, breakout that we got in Macy's or Kohl's uh, last month? What's going on here? I mean, aren't they connected, right? PVH is selling all their goods in these stores. Yeah, yeah. So PVH, uh, Phillips Van Heusen, they have the Van Heusen brand, Izod brands, which are smaller brands, but their primary brands are Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger. Those two alone constitute the majority of the sales for the company over 75%. So... They sell direct to consumer. They sell in department stores like Macy's, Nordstrom's, et cetera. Uh, they are leading brands. They have wholesale retail and, of course, sell third-party as well as e-commerce direct to consumer. Uh, I think uh, the nice move we're seeing in PVH, last I looked, it was up nicely in the after hours, is profitability. Uh, the profitability profile for PVH kind of uh, dumbfounded me because from a gross margin standpoint, we're talking about higher end brands, let's say like Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger, they're higher priced brands and their gross margins around 60%. But I noticed their profit margins reported last uh, quarter and even over the last three quarters were basically below 3%. And so I was sort of dumbfounded by that because if we look at uh, Dick Sporting Goods, gross margins at 38%, but profit margins at 5.5%, to me, this is a this is a, this was a sign that PVH, if they reported a good quarter, which they did, would move. And and I think it's based upon the the widening of the EBITDA margin specifically. And if we look at the results, they did manifest in a huge uh, beat on an EPS front. So, uh, two point seven two dollars per share that beat the estimate of a dollar twenty. So they beat the estimate by by a hundred and so percent, about one hundred twenty percent. And top line sales grew about 35%. So you're basically getting about three times uh, earnings growth relative to sales growth. And the beat on the earnings, I think, is really the primary catalyst mm. for why we're seeing such a nice move for PVH in the after hours. But I do think that you're right. And d by noticing the fact that the stock has been sort of stuck in the mud, alongside stocks like Ralph Lauren, uh, if you compare those companies to, let's say, Couture or Gap, mm -hmm. uh, you can actually see a, a disparity. And the reason being is, is the profitability profile for Ralph Lauren and for PVH were actually very similar, extremely low despite high gross margins. And I, and I think mm. that uh, these were a couple of quarters where the company either spent a lot of money to optimize supply chain and, of course, uh, and enhance their technologies, or they just didn't have the volume growth relative to lower price product companies like Couture, which has the Wrangler brand, or even Gap, which has Old Navy. 
I like that point. You can see where Gap has excelled there with that particular brand. Yeah. They found that sweet spot with uh, cost versus selling price, right, where it seems like PVH now yes. is just starting to get some of that when they talk about less promotional selling, favorable shift in sales mix going forward. That's the key phrasing you're describing here that means better margins and better profitability and an EPS at the end of the year that could get to $8.50 on an adjusted basis. George, last one before we let you go, GT. We got Caleri's. This is one you and I have been following for years, George, now that we've been doing this Overlook stock segment. And uh, it seems like maybe their time is here to shine a little bit. Real nice beat on the bottom line. Sales, $670 million. Yeah. Clean the bar by $35 million. Yeah, they did. So uh, Caleri's, for people who don't know, it's, uh, they've got the retail outlet, Famous Footwear, is, uh, is probably what people are aware of. But they also have... Some uh, some traditional brands like Dr. Scholl's and Naturalizer Shoes, uh, Allen Edmonds. These are again some uh, some higher end uh, dress shoes uh, for both men and women. But anyhow, uh, the company itself had spent quite a bit of money in the last uh, couple of quarters, as we talked about it, to enhance its uh, logistics, its supply chain management and technologies. And this quarter, they executed quite nicely. I mean, they beat the estimate uh, by nearly double. Uh, EPS was estimated around 54 cents on adjusted basis, and they came in. About a buck nineteen. Now you compare that number, the fifty-four cents relative to last quarter's thirty-six cents. That was already expected to be quite robust, and they beat that number by by about a hundred percent, coming at a dollar nineteen. And then top line sales, as you mentioned, six seventy-five beat the uh, uh, the estimate of six forty. If you compare that to last quarter at six thirty-eight, that shows some pretty significant moves relative to last quarter, but also year over year at thirty-five percent. So. I think overall, uh, this is another situation where profitability was, in this case, really close to, to, to zero. It was about 1% last quarter. And what we're seeing, and I think there's there's a story to be said here for both PVH and Calaris, is I see expansions in EBITDA and profitability uh, as a result of this last quarter reported earnings for both companies. And that's why we're seeing them um, expand to the upside. The top line sales, of course, make a big difference. Uh -huh. But I think the top line sales are normalizing as these companies have been really challenged from uh, the standpoint of dealing with North American versus international sales because we don't have as much tourism uh, for folks buying Calvin Klein and, of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tommy Hilfiger. Sure. So that has been a challenge for companies like PVH. But I think Calaris also uh, made a lot of investments and their EBITDA margins, margins suffered in the past. And I think this quarter represents the manifestation of um, a great execution, but also uh, economizing all that capex okay george nice details and a heck of a job always uh, getting the numbers in order as they arrive this afternoon so some excitement here uh bounce and clary's rip and pvh but anaplan still yep. in the show now trading at 72 dollars what a move here george great work we got to run